All right, Bulldog fans, our friends from Tacovas want to remind you that uh, it's festival season, it's concert season, it's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tacovas is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comforts. So no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tacovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. You got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. You got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight, camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient, it's safe, it's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. will be a uh, an educational show, I believe. It's really kind of getting caught up on some things that happened here in the last few days and kind of looking ahead. We won't spend a lot of time talking baseball today. We're going to go ahead and table the preview of Stanford until Friday's show since we're going to play a Saturday-Sunday Monday Super Regional. Now, weather is an issue right now, and it's not the traditional, you know, Mississippi summer pop-up uh, type storms out there. Not that I'm some amateur meteorologist, but there is a tropical system that is kind of going to push some of this moisture uh, in our direction. So that will be something that uh, I think might might hurt our attendance this weekend. Um <laughs> But, but also, too, it, it might affect the quality of play. And so that is something to kind of keep an eye on. We would love for that tropical system to jog a little bit more eastern, not that we're, you know, wishing harm on our neighbors. But um, the bottom line is we want to be able to get our baseball games in. You know, we don't want any loss of life or property or anything like that. Just a lot of rain, wind, maybe a little rain. Uh, but by and large, that is something that we're monitoring as our Mississippi State and NCAA officials as we 
kind of get into the weekend. There will be a media availability today. Uh, I will not be able to attend that because I've got uh, I've got kid stuff to do. You know how it is in the summertime. There's always uh, somewhere to be, somewhere to go. So I've got to take care of that. And then also uh, we will have a, a media availability later in the week. We'll have an opportunity to go to practice again like we did last week and be able to speak with uh, selected players and, and the head coaches about the regional. And so we will get into all of that on Friday. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I believe JT again is fine. I don't know if he pitches Sunday or Monday or at all this weekend. But I know some people out there have been uh, somewhat concerned. I want to go ahead and address that now. Based on the information that I have from people that I know and trust that have been very reliable to me, and I, and I think when it's coming to this JT Ginn situation this year, I, I think I have had, I, I think I've been well sourced. Let's just say that. If you recall, when he left the ball game at Tennessee, I was the only person there, the you know, only member of the media. A lot of people were saying, not many people, there were people on message boards and social media saying that. Uh, JT Ginn was done for the year and that sort of stuff. And then, of course, he comes back and pitches uh, game three, only goes a inning or so. But uh, my, my point being is that there has been a lot of people that have kind of gotten the cart before the horse when it's come to JT Ginn and have been incorrect. And so I have always tried to be real conservative. But I'll, I will tell you the information that I have is that JT is fine. JT has not uh, injured himself. It's just the same arm soreness situation that he has dealt with really since you know the end of March. It's just one of those things that he has had to kind of deal with and it's not going to get 100% better until he gets some you know gets some elongated rest. Not not in a day or two, but you know when he, when he has a time to just kind of rest for a few weeks it's going to get better. And it's not something that's going to be a chronic condition that's going to linger. It's just one of those things that happens when you see a guy make a big jump and in innings pitched. When you get towards the end of the year, everybody starts getting a little arm weary. That's why arm care is so important. That's why having a guy like Scott Foxhall as your coach, and not to mention Chris Lamonis. I mean, we had, there have been some college baseball coaches within our league, and I'm not going to name them because I don't, I don't want to make this about all that, that have basically ruined guys' careers trying to win a ball game rather than winning the big ball game. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, real happy with the way states handle this. I'm told JT is available this weekend. How available, we don't know. It's going to depend on how he kind of responds to things this week. Uh, he did tweet out something, I guess it was a Monday, you know, mentioning that uh, he would see everybody soon with a little bit of a wink there. I'm telling you, a lot of people out here forecasting failure. It's not that they know anything. It's just that they, they want to find a way to be right. Let's move ahead. Let's thank our friends at Campus Bookmart. I was there yesterday, and, uh, you know, I went and um, – I've got uh, my son and daughter-in-law coming in this weekend for Super Regional and uh, went ahead and, and, and bought one of those Super Regional t-shirts. You can go ahead and get those right now. They're right there. You walk in Campus Bookmart, you walk in the bully store, it's right there on the first table, the first thing you see, making it easy for you to get. Now, just behind that, you can go get these new awesome uh, pinstripe state script baseball jerseys. Nab one of those, too. Got myself one of the uh, retro swing and bully shirts. And it is very retro-looking. I mean, it looks like that I pulled it out of the uh, the back of the dresser. You know what I'm saying? Like the one that gets hung up behind your dresser drawer and you find it, and you're like, hey, where that's been? That's how this looks, okay? Really high-quality merchandise. And picked up an M over S polo. You can go do all that yourself. And, and you know, again, as I say, maybe, maybe game day is not a shopping day for you. Maybe your anxiety will not allow you to do anything but go directly to the stadium. I kind of appreciate that. I'm kind of that same person. So let's encourage you to go to campusbookmart.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a promo code to save you a little cash. That code is BSR, and that stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And Stan, the man tells me yesterday that you Boneyard listeners are buying those jerseys in droves. Listen, we want to outfit the world in those pinstripe jerseys because they are absolutely cool. And I, I went and picked one up yesterday from some folks in the family, and uh, I'll tell you, very impressed with the quality. Took and Stan tells me it took a while to get all that license, but they got it done right here at the end of the year. So uh, maybe wear yours this weekend for Super Regional and get ready to wear it to Omaha. How about that? How about that? So let's get into a couple other things. Uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is um, before we get into the, the MLB draft, I want to talk about football enrollees. Okay, the MLB draft is still going on. Today's day three. We expect to have a few names called today, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But Mississippi State had 16 players 
that have been cleared to enroll for the June summer school session. Now, some of the guys actually started school on Monday. I saw Jack Harris at the Starwell Cafe yesterday. Yeah, so they're already here. I was uh, texting with Jerry and Jones yesterday morning because they were. I was already kind of getting some, some information about some of the guys that were here on campus. And I noticed he wasn't here. I was just curious because his file was submitted late last week. I think it was even submitted on Friday. And uh, he was saying, hey, they're telling me it's probably going to happen today, that I'll probably get an answer today. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that had to work very, very hard and uh, was very proud of his efforts. And one of the things that I was told early on about J-Dub and, uh, is that very intelligent guy, very hardworking, but what that wasn't always the case early in his high school career. And uh, the, the, the light came on for him, and he worked hard and was able to make it. And so let's run down your 16 new enrollees, just in case you weren't aware. The uh, the drop ad date for summer school, I think, is today. You know, So it's like if they didn't get in yesterday, chances are we're going to work out. But the new 16 enrollees are cornerback uh, Martin Emerson. Never expected any problem with him. Uh, Jack Harris from Oak Grove mentioned him. And uh, – you know, Jack's ready to go, and he's one of those kind of guys, too, that uh, if you're around him from very long, you find out, you know, how much love and passion he has for Mississippi State. If Jack has the career that uh, we hope he has, he's the kind of guy you take media days. Just a very, very polished young man. Brevin Jones is here, and uh, I tell you the thing about Brevin. When you get a chance to spend time around him, besides the fact that, uh, you know, he's listed a lot taller than he really is because of the hair, and not, not that I'm – knocking on hair but uh but Brevin's a if an entertaining guy to be around and uh he'll fit right in with that group you know it's like you think about you know Elton Jenkins and those guys and kind of the culture that's been established here Brevin fits Mississippi State Brevin's one of those guys that uh you know Birmingham kid it's not too terribly far from home it's close enough to home that your family and friends can come watch you play but it's far enough from away from home that nobody's just going to be popping in on their way home from Walmart. You know what I'm saying? And so you get your privacy, but you also get the convenience. I mentioned Jerry and Jones makes it. You know, Jerry is a guy that's going to play corner. We, we, we talked about him at some point being a wide receiver, a safety. Uh, he's always been recruited to play DB. And as some other people out there have varied opinions, but the reality is that Bob Sheep won that argument. We're going to have him on defense. So Jerry is a guy that's been kind of the leader in the recruiting class. So it's, it was absolutely imperative, uh, you know, that, that he make it because he was kind of the guy that when things got a little bit hairy late in the process, he was the guy getting on the phone, you know, kind of saying, hey, listen, let's all stick in here together. Uh, Dylan Lawrence is also here listed as a cornerback. I still think he grows into a linebacker. I mean, you just don't see guys with that size and length playing out there uh, in pass coverage very often. But uh, Dylan's an intriguing prospect. We'll see how things kind of develop with him. Excited to have him here for sure. Uh, transfer tackle, Alan Love, that's now officially official. We've talked about it on the show several times, talked about it over on jeanspage.com, true, true maroon message board. Uh, we've been expecting Alan Love. The information that I got, you know, really is that uh, they didn't want to do a whole lot of stuff with this. Alan and his family just, you know, they, they just wanted to, you know, handle the paperwork the right way, get the transfer in, get a little bit closer to home. Didn't want a lot of pompous circumstance. Didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Didn't want to do a lot of media stuff. You know, we'll have an interview up with him uh, on Gene's page today. Paul Jones able to catch up with him uh, prior to him enrolling. We have known this was going to happen for some time. And so it's such a big deal when you begin to think about uh, the lack of depth you have at defensive tackles to be able to get bring a guy in with one year of Power 5 experience under his belt, played some last year at Louisville. You know, he's going to have to play this year. But you, you begin to think about all, you know, we, we chased a couple of junior college guys that didn't work out, chased a couple of other grad transfers that didn't work out. But now here we are, we got a guy that probably should have been here anyway. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Alan Love initially committed to Ole Miss. Initially committed to Ole Miss. And uh, they were beside themselves with glee. And then he elects to go to Louisville, and now he's at Mississippi State. So now he'll get the opportunity to play against Ole Miss four times. And so uh, – Excited to have him, not just because of the caliber of player that he is, but because he comes in at a position of need where State essentially graduated the entire three deep, save Lee Autry. Lee Autry is really the only guy with significant snaps under his belt returning, and, and that, was a, that was a sore subject in the spring. You know, Jaden Crumity got in there and made some things happen. Fabian Lovett did. That They think Cameron Young, Cameron Young is going to be a big-time player in time, okay? 
But these guys are going to have to grow up, you know, quickly. So Alan Love comes in with a real opportunity to get in here and play, make some things happen. Javante Payton cleared. Javante Payton's a guy that, you know, initially the thought was we'd get him in in January. And then, you know, some things happened along the way, and he had to end up going back and, and finishing up. But but he's here now. And so now, you know, we're getting ready to go into workouts, and uh, he is a guy that's going to have to come in here and get ready to go. We know this. We know that that wide receiver room needs an influx of talent. He's a big part of that. Offensive lineman Nick Penley's here. Nick is one of those kind of guys, too. I like the way Nick handled his recruitment. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that they want a lot of attention. They want a lot of hype. They're, they're always asking for Twitter followers and likes and retweets and all this sort of stuff, you know. Um, that wasn't the case with Nick. You know, as a matter of fact, Nick didn't. Nick really didn't like doing a lot of interviews. I mean, he would do them because he knew that was kind of part of the deal, and he knew he knew you guys wanted to hear from him occasionally. But you know, Nick, Nick I'll tell you, this the last semester, Nick has really spent his time with his friends. If you understand what I'm saying, it's like I'd call him and say, "Hey, Nick, uh, just want to check in, see how things were." And he goes, "Hey, man, yeah, let me let me text you a little bit later. I'm out with my buddies. Or we're doing this, or I'm, I'm about to go to dinner with my family." And so. He's one of those guys that uh, once he made his decision, he just kind of shut it down. You know, just, you know, listen, hey, I don't need to be out here drawing attention to myself. He got uh, got involved with some of the other recruits and kind of recruited guys to come to Mississippi State. And uh, people forget, you know, Nick was one of those guys that really played his way into some new options. And then when the early signing period, you know, got here, you know, State was able to kind of, uh, you know, make a move with him. You know, people forget he was supposed to take an official visit to UCLA, and you know there was a lot of discussion about you know Florida getting involved, and but he's here at Mississippi State, and I really think when you begin to think about Charles Cross and Nick Penley kind of growing up together as bookend tackles, I think that really bodes well for the future. But uh, you guys, you're going to love getting to know Nick, really, really solid guy from a really solid family. Uh, Nathan Pickering's here. <laughs> How about that? Uh, Nathan Pickering, you know, it's one of those things. You know, Nathan committed to Mississippi State last June, and there was a lot of skepticism when he committed. People were like, well, you know, it's so early. You know, he'll end up going to Alabama or LSU or, or whatever, but he didn't. And uh, if you recall, Nathan was very, very, very adamant about hashtag Hell State forever. He did his work. I checked in with him last week. He goes, hey, I'll be there next week. He wasn't in that group that got here on Monday, but I believe he was cleared yesterday as part of the release. And uh, uh, those guys you know, had to get their physicals and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but he's here now. And, again, we talk about being in a position of need. You know, Nathan's going to be in the mix there. Nathan is a big, strong, country-strong kid that can fit gaps. Uh, you're going to have to learn to play at this level. But uh, he is going to be an absolute star before, the time, before he is done. And there were so many people in our industry that uh, just couldn't believe that he was going to stick home and go to Mississippi State. Oh, you, you got to watch Alabama. And uh, I, I remember when Nathan made the trip to Tuscaloosa to watch Mississippi State play Alabama, all of the Alabama homers. Oh, yeah, he's on, he's on flip watch. You know, this, this, is, this is a guy that uh, Alabama's really targeted. And then all of a sudden, in hindsight, all that looks really silly. And so it's like there's all this hyperbole that goes on. People want to think they know what's going on. But the bottom line was Nathan Pickering went to go watch Mississippi State play. He went to go watch his guys play. That's what he did. He ended up taking a couple visits. Didn't take a couple more, you know, despite what some people's sources had to say. Uh, and I think when all the things shook out late in the process, I think Nathan wanted to, to kind of reassure the Mississippi State fan base he was coming. He took that official visit to Mississippi State and uh, told me that day that uh, he was done, that he, uh, he was going to go ahead and meet with his family and go ahead and make an announcement and cancel all his future visits, and he did that. And now here he is, and uh, getting him in in the weight room this summer is big. He's going to play this year. Uh, Keziah Pruitt's here, and I'll tell you, people forget. You know, two years ago when Keziah first came out, you know, and hit the hit the uh, the recruiting radar, a lot of people were expecting him to be, you know, a guy that really you know had had some big opportunities, and um, he had some nice opportunities. But I don't know that he really became the prospect many people kind of forecasted. But he's one of those kind of guys too that. Uh, he played hurt for most of the year last year. And so if you guys were just really kind of getting to know him for the first time, I think you're going to be surprised at what he becomes. It's because of the fact that most people haven't seen him being at 100%. One of the main things with him is just keeping him healthy. Yeah, he's just one of those kind of guys that, uh, you know, they'll work with. And, and uh, you know, he, we expected him to commit, 
you know, very early in the process when he didn't. He ended up stretching it out, and he nearly got left out of the boat. But once he made the decision to jump in, uh, things were good. Never gave you any reason to be concerned afterwards. Um, safety, Javius Purvis, they called him JP. This is one of those kids, I think this is the Mississippi State story, if you know what I'm saying. I think he is kind of uh, the Mississippi State football story kind of personified. A guy from a small town, uh, did some great things, and is really kind of on the cusp of greatness. I think he is, uh, I think when in two or three years, he'll be the guy in those production meetings everybody's talking about. I'd be really surprised if JP did end up being a very, very good college player. This is a guy unbelievably competitive, and he's just really learning the nuances of the game. You know, he's kind of gotten by on athleticism now. He's going to kind of, you know, it's it's a different deal now. He'll get to specialize a lot more. But uh, he's just one of those guys that's just simply a football player, just a great athlete. And uh, I think you're going to be very happy to have him as part of the program. DeMonte uh, Russell never expected him uh, you know, to have any issue qualifying. But it's one of those things, too, with him. I did expect some drama late with him, and, we, and it never came. That's one of those things, you know, we think about JPS, and it always seems that there's always some kind of uh, drama. But there wasn't. You know, he uh, uh, he talked about taking an official visit to Ole Miss, and there were some people, again, some of the homers in Ole Miss media, you know, put him on flip watch. Oh, he's a guy. We're going to get him. We're going to get him. And little did they know is that uh, he was simply taking that visit as a courtesy to uh, satisfy one of his coaches and that the family was still 100% locked in on Mississippi State. But, uh, but again, not all sources are created equal. Uh, DeMonte's here. DeMonte's always wanted to be here. DeMonte is recruiting others to follow him at Provo High School to Mississippi State. You know, State's got uh, Javari Selman, and, and then, you know, it's, it's one of those things you begin to think about. You know, that high school, Provo High School, ha- has been very talent-rich at times. And uh, getting a guy like DeMonte in and have him having a good experience really bodes well for the future for Mississippi State. Graduate transfer Tommy Stevens is here. He's been here. Matter of fact, he was a duty noble this weekend. He's taking it all in. He's eager to get going. And, again, I want people to be fair to Tommy Stevens. There's a lot of people out there that will tell you that you know, he's going to be the guy. I believe he very well could be. But I also think it's important to understand, too, that he doesn't have a lot of, you know, a large body of work. You know, his, his college resume is not necessarily uh, extensive. And so the summer's big for him, getting to know the receivers, kind of you know, building some rapport with them, getting to know the, the changes in the scheme since he played with Joe Moorhead. It's, it's a little different deal. People, it's not like there's a textbook out there and say, okay, well, this is exactly the Joe Moorhead scheme. You know, when Joe left Penn State, you know, they, they change things a little bit. Terminology will be the same. Many of the concepts will be the same. But there will be some things that Joe has kind of changed since the, in the year he's been here at Mississippi State. Everybody puts their own stamp on things. So that will be getting him up to speed on that will be a big part of it. Wide receiver Quentin Torber's here. One of the big early gets in the class from Mississippi State last year. Uh, never, ever, ever wavered. Never. Just one of those kind of guys raised by good folks, committed early, did its best to kind of help recruiting, got to know Garrett Schrader pretty well. They became great friends. And, you know, it's almost an underappreciated story with Quentin. You know, he, he jumped on very early, you know, an out-of-state kid, and people were thinking, man, there's no way this kid sticks. But he did. There was never, ever, ever any concern about Quentin. And I think because of the fact of his ability to elevate, I think, that you, I think he's a guy that you could see gets more than perhaps his four games as a freshman, if it's needed. And I say that just because of the fact that you've got you've got some pretty good receivers coming in this year. Punter Corliss Waitman, uh, you know, competition's a good thing. And, uh, you know, Tucker Day was really good in the last couple ball games, and so maybe he's figured some things out. You know, uh, Cody Shexnader is a guy that uh, has worked hard this summer, and I, I think, you know, Corliss added to the mix there is going to make everybody better. I don't think there's any question. But, uh, you know, he can be a real weapon. This is a guy that played for Joey Jones, South Alabama. So uh, once he announced that he was getting ready to go, and then all of a sudden your special teams coordinator is his former head coach, makes perfect sense. Uh, running back Lee Weatherspoon is here. Very intriguing guy, to say the least. Now, anytime you can go get a guy with 50-plus high school touchdowns in a senior season, uh, that's pretty smart. You go get him. And uh, that's big. 
He's not a uh, an every-down running back. I think that he's a guy, because of his skill set, you move him around a little bit, kind of make things uh, interesting. Put people in matchups that uh, they're not advantageous to them. So let me give you a good let me give you a summation. Now that I've told you who is here, let me tell you who's not here and kind of what to expect. Isaiah Zuber, not here, but he is signed. That's been announced by the university. It's officially official. He's here. And I hear he's signed. Uh, expected to be here in July. But I'm told it, it could even be fall camp. But uh, we're expecting July. But uh, if he's not here in July, don't don't freak out. Okay, don't don't panic. Okay. Uh, guys that aren't here, Brandon Cunningham. We knew that uh, he might have some work to do. Okay, and I, I've been told all year that he's worked exceptionally hard to put himself in position to qualify, and that uh, that still remains a very good possibility. Colin Duncan's not here. A little bit of surprise there. And what I'm told is it was just really a timing issue. You know, they just just couldn't get the file reviewed in time or whatever. But uh, be that as it may, he's expected to be fine. Now, Kareem Walker's a guy we've known for weeks would not be here in June. Uh, he is finishing up some coursework and should be good to go for July. In contact with him regularly, he shares with me he's on a Mississippi State workout. He's ready to go. He's ready to get here and get to work. Had some classes, not transfer. Uh, really, really got upset about that. But uh, the bottom line is that uh, he's got it all handled now, and, and he's on, on, on track to do what he needs to do. So that's kind of your football run-through, uh, you know, for today. So 16 guys joined the squad um, yesterday, and then we'll add uh, should be four more here in, uh, in July. And so people begin to wonder, okay, well, where are we scholarship-wise? If everybody that is outstanding reports to school, that's including Zuber, which we know will be fine. Kareem Walker, we expect to be fine. Colin Duncan, we expect to be fine. Brandon Cunningham, feel feel, feel pretty good about that, okay? Then you're that's your 25. And so there's all this angst and uh, misplaced blame when, uh, when things don't go the way people expect. I don't understand why we're... Holding out a couple scholarships. Well, we, we said back in January that we'd probably hold a scholarship or two for grad transfers and kind of see where things looked in the transfer portal. Well, here we are. Now, I don't know who's had a better transfer portal season than Joe Moorhead. You, you signed Cordis Waitman back in February as a grad transfer punter, right? Then you go out and you add... Uh, Tommy Stevens, a quarterback that's very, very uh, familiar with your offense, a guy that comes in that will make the room better. Even if he doesn't win the job, he will cause a, uh, a unique brand of competition and make your starter better. It's a win-win. We talked about it extensively on the show. Then all of a sudden you get Alan Love in, defensive tackle with Power 5 experience that can come in right away. And we're waiting on a waiver, okay, but he comes in, a kid from the Mississippi State recruiting footprint, a guy that is very, very highly coveted at a high school, at a Huffman High School, and that's a real position of need. And so that's another big win for Mississippi State. And then you go out and you get, uh, you know, one of the top offensive pieces from uh, Kansas State, a team that you're going to play here in a few weeks, you know, right? <laughs> it's crazy to begin to think about that. And so we left three scholarships on the table. We fill them with a quarterback, a defensive tackle, and a wide receiver. Three positions that everybody had some concerns about heading into this year. So you can say what you want about Joe Moorhead, but it is abundantly clear that Joe has taken the steps necessary to address the deficiencies of the roster with the recruiting class as well as the transfer portal. And as of right now, you've got all 25 of your grants that are allotted for this year accounted for. No, no short signing, no probation, none of that. You've got your full 25. I want to remind you guys when you're in town, Bulldog Burger Company is the place where the cool kids go to break bread. Uh, we absolutely love it there. Whenever we mention the possibility of going out to eat, Bulldog Burger Company is the Robertson family restaurant of choice. I don't, I don't know how much of a choice I have in the matter, but every single time that we get ready to go, that's where they want to go. And it's gotten to the point now where uh, the kids want to order two appetizers. Well, we got to get the spring rolls, but let's get this, let's get that, let's get, you know, let's get um, the chicken wings, let's get, you know, let's get some tater tots and some fondue. There's always something. It's like one is no longer enough. 
and uh, you need to treat yourself to a great restaurant quality hamburger. Listen, you can get you can get a hamburger anywhere. You can't get a great restaurant quality hamburger just anywhere. And the best place within the state of Mississippi to get that great restaurant quality hamburger is a Bulldog Burger Company right here in Starkville. It is the restaurant closest to campus in the Cotton District. You can also go by in your evening after you've had your meal and have an after dinner cocktail. You can throw back some craft beers, whatever you whatever you'd like. Bulldog Burger Company is right there in the Cotton District. Very easy to get to. It's become a uh, Starkvillian institution. Part of a, a family of restaurants here in, in Starkville that are committed to our community. It's not just some faraway home office that's coming here and just put a franchise here and says, hey, let's go make some money. These are people there. Their children go to school with yours. Right? These are Mississippi State folks. These are Starkvillians. Be sure to go by and see Bulldog Burger Company when you're in town. It is the place in Stark where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. So let's take a few minutes here and let's look at the MLB draft. Not a big surprise, but certainly a, a um, very solid turn of events with uh, Ethan Small getting drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round. I shared with you guys here recently that I had talked with a Major League Baseball scout, and this is prior to the SEC tournament, and he said right then, that just about everybody had a second-round grade on Ethan Small, but that he was two good starts away from forcing somebody to spend a first-round pick on him. In his very next start, what does he do? He goes out there and dominates Vanderbilt, some a team that many people consider the top offensive uh, team in the country. And uh, Ethan goes out there and absolutely shoves against them. And then uh, he pitches really well in the regional. You know, really did a good job of uh, – shutting down the hottest team in America in Central Michigan, right? They'd won 19 consecutive games. And Ethan goes up there and, and shuts them down. And so now he's a Milwaukee Brewer. The one thing that I have learned in, in uh, the past 24 hours is that there is, people say, well, maybe Brandon Woodruff put it in a good word for him. Well, it's true in a manner of speaking. What I am told is the Milwaukee Brewers scout that covers this area had really kind of hit a home run, pardon the pun, because he really stood on the table for Brandon Woodruff. When it was time to go draft Brandon Woodruff, that he really, really pushed the Brewers to take Brandon Woodruff. Well, now Woody is a staple uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers' rotation. And because of the fact that this particular scout has credibility within the organization, that uh, he really pushed for Ethan Small. And then as a result, because of the success that Brandon Woodruff has had, it's, you know what? We're going to trust him and go this direction. So, yes, there is a connection there, but it's because of the fact that you've got a guy that has had some success, a guy that understands what it takes to be successful on a Major League Baseball level. Uh, so, Ethan, and, and if you haven't seen the video, it's on my Twitter feed. You may have to scroll down a little bit. There's a video that uh, someone in his family shared the moment that he got off the phone to make the announcement, and, you know, his family's there, his girlfriend's there, and it's a touching moment. I mean, it really is a touching moment. Goes over there and hugs her, and and uh, you can hear everybody kind of openly sobbing. And it's one of those things you begin to realize too is that it is such a group effort. I mean, nobody makes it to this point by themselves, especially in baseball. Okay, because there's so many, there's such a commitment with the travel baseball, all the baseball camps, all the showcases, everything you go to. You know, it's uh, it's one of the things that I've said many times. It's very difficult to stand out in baseball because if if you if you sit at home and just go play high school baseball and wait to be discovered, uh, you'll be uh, doing something else when high school graduation's over. But there's such a commitment from all the people. I don't know that uh, there's anybody in the college athletics realm that spends more time playing and practicing and preparing for their sport than baseball players do. They play more games than anybody. They got to be at the field longer than anybody. They got to do tarp duty, all that kind of stuff. And then to see a guy like Ethan rewarded, and you know, it's his mom Wanda, um, one of the the most prolific baseball moms on Twitter. You see her crying, and Ethan's like, "Hey, mom, don't cry, don't don't, don't cry," you know. And uh, it's one of those things too when you want it so bad for somebody else. And I think when Ethan had to go through Tommy John surgery. You know, people say, well, you know, you never know how it's going to work out. And, you know, he does not have the velo he had prior to Tommy John surgery. And it's really, it's usually the other way around. Usually people have Tommy John surgery and, and they pick up a little bit. But uh, 
but that hadn't been the case. So Ethan had to kind of adapt a little bit as a pitcher. And uh, among, uh, when you begin to think about Mississippi State and you begin to think about the great ambassadors that we have had for our university, Ethan's name may not come to mind first because he is not that emotional, you know, quotable, media opportunity, flash and pan type guy. He is just a very solid contributor that goes about his business and does his job. But he is one of the best pitchers in school history. And I always felt, and I've said it on this show and, and on others, that uh, he is so underappreciated. And now we've had to update the graphics. And Red Hope already give him credit. Red's out there. already have already got it done. When you guys get to uh, Dirty Noble Field this weekend, it'll say 15 first-round draft picks. He was picked on Monday, and it was changed on Tuesday. How about that? Very, very efficient work, to say the least, uh, you know, from uh, Health State Marketing. And uh, Leah Beasley and Red Hobart do a tremendous job, absolutely tremendous job. And, and here's the thing, too. It's not just a job for either of those. If you've ever spent any time around them, I had a chance to interview them. You kind of sit down in a group interview with them earlier this year. It's not about the paycheck. It's about the passion. Those, those, those two love Mississippi State. They want Mississippi State to be on, uh, you know, on, 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 on the, the cusp of greatness. You know, they, they want our players to have a great experience here at Mississippi State. They want our fans to have a great game day experience. They, they don't buy into this whole notion that, well, you know, it's just Mississippi State. You know, we're not Alabama. We're not LSU. And, and that marketing department win, wins awards every single year. Every single year. They're recognized for their work, their work on social media, their work on pushing the Mississippi State brand. Uh, big part of things. So uh, Jake Mangum, speaking of guys, uh, ambassadors from Mississippi State, Jake Mangum drafted yesterday in the fourth round by the New York Mets. We expected Jake to be a top ten pick, we, uh, top ten rounds, expect that to happen. Uh, might have gone a little earlier than I expected. But uh, things are a little bit different when you're a senior. You don't have the leverage to work with. And so sometimes, you know, you can't hold out for more money. They're, they're, it pretty much kind of is what it is. got to have a good agent. But the bottom line is they, um, Jake's got a real chance to make it. Being a fourth-round pick with the investment that they're going to have to make to sign him, it's not like taking him in the 35th round and then kind of hoping he develops. He's a guy now that uh, kind of understands. You know, but he's going to have an opportunity now to go be part of the New York Mets organization. Now, Jake's been drafted three times. There was never any doubt last year after a draft that he wouldn't come back. I mean, that's why he announced almost immediately he's coming back. He's made the most of it. The only Bulldog in Mississippi State history to have uh, 200 hit seasons. Now fifth all-time by himself in NCAA history, base hits. It's, uh, it's an incredible career. But Jake came to Mississippi State to take part in the Mississippi State experience, but to add to the Bulldog baseball legacy. I can tell you, Jake Mangum is happy to have this over, okay? This this part of it is over. And now he can turn his full attention towards the next three weeks of Mississippi State baseball, right? Because we're going we're gonna to go ahead and speak that into existence, right? We're going to go ahead and say, you know what? We're expecting to win this weekend. We're going to win the Super. We're going to go to Omaha. And, and then we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see how things work after that. But the bottom line is that Jake Mangum improved his stock as a college baseball prospect, improved his stock as a major league baseball prospect, and we have already reaped the benefits from it. Mississippi State's a big winner here. A lot of big things have happened for Jake Mangum and his family. But I think Jake has given more to us than we've given to him. And so while... I'm sure Jake will tell you what an incredible experience it's been. I see all of us. I see the I see the M over S as the big winner in the Jake Mangum experience. Uh, junior Colby White taken in the sixth round by the the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he is uh, he is gone. Okay, and a lot of people said, well, you know, maybe he'll come back. No, no, he, he he's gone. Okay, and that's okay. Colby is a guy from. Uh, West Marion High School in Foxworth, Mississippi. If you've ever traveled along Highway 98 between Macomb and Columbia on your way to Hattiesburg, uh, just before you pass over the uh, Pearl River Bridge, right there to the left, there is the little hamlet that is Foxworth. And that's where he's from. 
And uh, Colby is a guy that was a great prep player at West Marine High School, then goes on to junior college, and then finds about, I don't know, four or five more miles per hour on his fastball. And so he's a guy that will be a reliever. He went a little earlier than I expected. I was told that he could possibly be in the top ten rounds, but uh, he went a little earlier than I expected. Really, really happy for him. And I begin to think about, you know, you know, the Marion County effect here. You know, John Abram has had some big things, and Colby White's had some big things. You know, listen, you folks in Marion County, somebody, somebody, the, the Marion County, Jeff Davis, Mississippi State Alumni Association, you need to find a way to get a, a Lamar advertising contract and uh, get a sign out there or something for these kids. We ain't had a whole lot of cheer about it in Columbia High School and uh, West Marion and East Marion and Columbia County for a long time, you know. So you get out there and celebrate the success. But uh, but Colby, big time player, and, and again you look at too, it, you know how he's he's played this year, and uh, it's like he comes out of nowhere, and now he's a, a six round draft pick by the Rays. And some people say, well, you know, maybe he'll come back and be the closer. No, 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 he's gone, and and and, and he should be. He should be. So today, what do we have left? Well, you know, we, we still expect Dustin Skelton, uh, Tristan Barlow. I heard that both of those had some top 10 round interest. And a little surprised that uh, Skelton didn't go yesterday. Not a lot of draft eligible catchers this year, uh, especially with his level of production. Thought he might go yesterday. Expected him and Barlow to go pretty early today. And then on top of that, you know, you've got Elijah Magnamy and Cole Gordon. They'll be drafted probably a little bit later, okay? But, uh, you know, we're expecting – you know, pretty decent day, you know, for Mississippi State, you know, and uh, the better part of it is that the uh, the signing class has not been wrecked, okay, Ethan Hurd, the catcher from Alabama, drafted by the Cubs yesterday, I think, in the sixth round, I, I expect him to go, and a lot of people are thinking, well, you know, maybe he'll come to school, I, you know, I think he's going to go, it's, um, just some things that I've heard. I mean, just one of those things. I think that with him going as early as he did, I, I think that he will be a guy that will go ahead and make a move. Uh, not that State needs a catcher, okay? Not that State's hurting for a catcher, but uh, he's a stud. Uh, could see Peyton Plumley's name called today. Could see Jared Lee Belt possibly late. You know, we'll see with Marshall Gilbert. Keegan James is a guy that a lot of people are expecting to get drafted. And that if he goes, you know, reasonably high enough that he'll go. You know, um, can't say that I blame him, you know, R- really can't. Um, Gunnar Halter, I expect to be drafted late, too, and I, I expect him to go as well. And we'll see about some other guys. You know, Jack Egan's a guy that could get drafted. He's a left-handed pitcher. You know, not, not enough of those guys. Uh, so it's going to be a busy day on the draft ticker for Mississippi State. But this draft is not going to decimate Mississippi State, you know, for next year. We all know what kind of to expect, and when you've got guys like Ethan Small, you you, you know going into that junior year that uh, you know he's coming out, and especially when he puts up SEC uh, pitcher of the year, All American type numbers. So everything so far has pretty much gone to script. There are some guys that haven't been drafted yet that will be that could have gone yesterday, and really nobody ever knows for sure until it all goes down, especially once you get out of the first second round. I mean, it just you know it boils down to team needs and you know which scout can kind of get the you know, get get on the table for his guys. Uh, but it'll be a busy a busy day uh, for Mississippi State. But the main thing is, is that it looks like this Mississippi State signing class, with the exception of Ethan Hurd, is, uh, should be in really good shape. Should be. You know, we'll, we'll see how it all kind of shakes loose, but uh, should be in good shape. And that's really the bigger concern right now. Now, looking ahead of the weekend, we mentioned the weather and all that kind of stuff. Mississippi State's going to have uh, prospect camps again. It's going to be a, a very, very busy weekend again for us. Paul Jones will be, you know, kind of have have the quan when it comes to uh, camp coverage this weekend. You know, there, in the event there's some ball games that get pushed around or whatever, that, that could free up some things for us. Because the good thing is for football camps, we do have the Palmero Center. So we'll have prospect camps this weekend, and we'll have baseball this weekend. I don't know how much baseball we get in uh, – on, on Saturday, but uh, there is already some discussion about what happens and all that kind of stuff. The selection committee could make a decision uh, if the, all the games aren't played. I expect to get all those games played. I mean, I, I, I never stress about that. I, I figure they'll find a way to get them done. Uh, this is the NCAA tournament. Okay, this, this isn't, you know, 
a non-conference weekend affair. This is the NCAA tournament. They will find a way to get them in. They will do all, make all efforts to get them in. And not to mention, we never know what the weather's going to look like come Saturday. We think we, we know. Let's not, I remember when uh, Hurricane George was barreling down on Louisiana, you know, several years ago, and uh, my good friend Marvin Limeberry was, uh, you know, the store manager in Morgan City, and he's down there, you know, boarding up windows and buying bottled water and evacuating the city, and and then at the last second, that tropical system jogged over to the right and went uh, really more northeastern, and Morgan City barely got any rain. And, of course, it's better safe than sorry in those situations. But my point being is that the forecast today is no guarantee of what the forecast will be at game day on Saturday. And so let's just go ahead and prepare to play the games as scheduled, and then we'll adjust as things kind of progress. And so I think it's important that everybody understand that right out of the gate. Just don't sit home. Don't, don't, don't not buy tickets because you're worried about weather. They're going to get the games in. They're not just going to say, let's go flip a coin. Okay, we're going to play baseball. And hopefully we're going to play uh, two games of baseball and then get ready to pack our bags for Omaha because I really don't want to play again on Monday. If you know what I'm saying? I kind of enjoyed having Monday to kind of rest. And there, it's such a grind. And I begin to think about as tired as I get at times. And I begin to think about what these young men and these coaches, and there's a lot of people involved with Mississippi State baseball that uh, that, that don't get you know, a lot of notoriety. You know, often coach is a guy that uh, – is very involved with uh, media relations and uh, doesn't get to go on the road, but uh, still has to stay behind all, all those little video clips that you see on Twitter, all those highlights. Like every time, you know, when, um, you know, Tanner Allen hits a home run and then like a, a minute or two later, that home run is out there on Hell State baseball Twitter. That's Austin Coach doing all that. The guy that comes up with all those pithy captions, right? As State uh, ended Central Michigan's 19 game winning streak. His caption is, no streaking allowed, right? So that's that's the guy. And so he's also a student worker. And there are a lot of those student workers that uh, that take part to kind of make game day go. And, uh, and there's Ashley and, and, uh, and Kirsten that you know, they, they handle the, you know, the, the pitch clock and all that sort of stuff. And you know, there's, there's just a lot of game day operations. There is a huge machine that goes on behind the scenes to make sure that we get to go play a baseball game. And you don't know many of their names. You don't see many of them. But if they weren't there, you would notice that something wasn't right. And so when you begin to, to look at all this, about how long baseball season is. You know, we start playing baseball February 15th. And we hope to still be playing baseball June 15th. And you begin to think about the sacrifice and all the things that go with that. And you begin to realize that there are just so many people involved in making sure that this thing is a very, very professional production. And uh, one of the things that I do, and I, and I don't say this to, to praise myself in any way, but one of the things that I always try to do is go out of my way to speak to those people and tell them thank you for what they do. Because it is often a thankless job. And many of these people are just trying to get some experience to kind of further their professional careers later in the deal. And uh, I've had a, about a half dozen people, including a former Diamond Girl, that reached out to me after the show on Monday to say thank you for giving a thumbs up to our Diamond Girls because as one of the Diamond Girls parents shared with me, the Diamond Girls were the only team that played all six games over the weekend, right? You know, it it didn't matter. They weren't just there for Mississippi State. They were there for every team. They were there for every fan, every person that walked into Dirty Noble Field. You know, they, they were there to help with the programs. They were there to chase the foul balls. They were there to go gather the bats. You know, they were there because they love Mississippi State baseball. And I had a baseball dad tell me, one of the Diamond Girls' dads tell me, that of all the things that uh, his daughter has done at Mississippi State, that he felt like being a Diamond Girl is the one thing that she, that she will miss the most. And I think that is amazingly cool. Again, somebody that, uh, you know, I'm sure the players know her and the students may know him, but, you know, the fans just see, hey, it's a, you know, it's a cute girl out there in a Diamond Dog shirt, and, and uh, she's going to get to bat. But to see what it, that it matters to them to be a part of all of this, because Mississippi State baseball is one of the best baseball programs in the country. And no, we don't have a national championship yet. I look forward to the day we don't have to make that disclaimer anymore. But there are so many people that are committed to this thing. There's so many people that are involved in this that uh, I, I think it really shows how special it all is, that even the people that never get their names in the program, 
They never get their names addressed and they never to public address announcements. That, that never happens. And that they are so invested in this because they want to see your team be successful. They want you to have a good time when you come to the ballpark. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. So as I mentioned, we'll be back on Friday and preview the Super Regional. We'll get in and kind of look at Stanford, kind of break some things down. They've got some guys that have been pretty hot. They're also a team, too, that is not, you know, that they haven't been what they once were. But, uh, you know, they had their heart broke last year in the Regional. They overcame that, and then, then they, they find a way. And I'm sure that extra day's rest is big for them. I think it's big for us, too. I think it's really big for us, especially when you begin to think about the health of JT Ginn and the fact that uh, our bullpen was was taxed. We're really glad we didn't have to play a fourth or fifth game. But you manage it correctly, and you win it in three games and get on out of there. But uh, we're going to have a good time this weekend. And uh, so plan for a little bit of wet weather, but plan to be here. Okay, plan to be here. We're going to need you here. We're going to have a good time together. Uh, this week is also a big week uh, for the Stark Villains book. The uh, I have all of the editor's notes now back, and so we'll be ma- making those you know, rewrites and some clarifications and that kind of stuff, some corrections. And then we'll be pretty much done. And then there'll be, you know, we'll have the final read-through and all that, and then it goes off, and then the, the publisher picks it up, and, and we'll have a book. And uh, starting to get a lot of people that approach me at ball games about, you know, they understand that it's T-shirt time now. They're getting their Stark Villains shirts. Uh, when I was at Campus Bookmart yesterday, I had somebody ask me, where do I get my Stark Villain shirt? Even, you know what? Even Stan the Man has a Stark Villain shirt. How about that? So you need one, too. Go to StarkVillains.com, order that, several styles and, and uh, you know, colors to choose from, and they'll send it right out to you. But, again, back on Friday is we prepare to take the next step towards Omaha, Nebraska, in the College World Series. And I really, 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 really feel good about the weekend. Really feel good about where we are. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends and enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.